Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. This is episode 95 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm your host, and it's good to be here. As always, welcome back, or welcome if it's your first time. Uh, we have had a spike in listeners over the past couple of weeks. Uh, nothing to call the New York Times about, but you know, definitely an improvement and definitely on the right trajectory, uh, which is, that's the point, right? Um, it's great to be back. It's Wednesday evening, as we always do. This will be with you on Thursday morning. Uh, looking forward to the weekend. Um, and there's been a lot of stuff happening this week. One thing I want to do straight off the bat is just, uh, I'm not going to name anybody, but I just want to say thank you to uh, someone specifically that gave me some advice on the show. Um, some pointers, some things to think about moving forward and it was really really helpful really really encouraging um and came right from the industry mouth so it was very uh it was very important information um and you know nothing he said was revolutionary but when you see somebody else saying it it's just you know it's helpful it's helpful um and there's not a massive network of people that i talk to about the specifics of this show it's generally just me um, so when that sort of advice comes, it's, uh, it's really, it's really welcomed. Um, but I love hearing from you guys out there as well. And thank you. If you are a new listener, thank you for subscribing. Thanks for listening. Um, we are constantly in improvement mode here, trying to make it the best show possible. Um, I still have guests that I'm potentially speaking about, well, I'm definitely speaking to them about potentially coming onto the show. Um, we're just trying to work out some dates, but it's looking like it's, around six weeks from now uh how that coincides with show 100 i'm not sure yet but i would like to get it for that um or else uh perhaps someone else uh, i've reached out to quite a few people now um and we're just trying to figure out the logistics of it so as i know you'll know um and as i can announce you'll you'll hear it first um you'll hear it probably on our twitter uh twitter account which you can stay up to date with the show on uh, you can also download the show at SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes as well. Um, but definitely stay tuned uh, to our Twitter. Uh, follow us there. Uh, we'll give you updates. We'll also kind of get more interactive, and we put our kind of views out there. Uh, and we want to talk to you guys via that channel as well. So, um, so hit us up at Quiet Part Loud, um, and that'll be the whole hello Twitter world. It's yours truly. Just here to set the record straight on a few things, and I got some got some time on my hands, and I got some getting even to do. I mean, that is terrifying. When you see OJ Simpson on Twitter, you're like, oh shit, I'm gonna follow him just to see if he threatens the next victim in public view of the world. And I kind of feel bad about following him. I kind of want to unfollow him. Um, but that opening video was creepy then he goes on about how he's not chloe kardashian's dad i mean apparently he's already threatened some guy in uh, in the direct messages not this isn't confirmed this is totally alleged um but apparently sent him like a direct message response with like 13 knives on it just like out of his mind crazy i mean he's 70 plus years old you know <laughs> i wouldn't want i still wouldn't want 
OJ coming after me. That's a scary dude, man. He fucking murdered two people and uh, got away with it. You know, he got he got some of that back on, you know, future charges. But good lord, man, what he did to that poor girl. What he did to that poor girl. And I think I was wrapped up in the media, in the liberal media coverage of that as well. Because I, th I think, if I remember correctly, I was young. But I think if I remember correctly, I thought he was innocent. And then I grew up like another year and I was like, how could I ever think that he was innocent? It was just, I mean, what a farce. And obviously now we know he's you know, guilty of sin. Um... But they let us watch that in school. They let us watch that. Was that the yeah? It was the OJ verdict. They let us watch. They wheeled the, they wheeled the TV in, and let us watch the trial. And I remember everybody going nuts. Like, people around me thought he was innocent too. But he is. He is a savage murderer. A jealous egotistical, maniacal felon who used to play football and act terribly in films. But he's up to, God, what's he up to now? Probably well over half a million, I'm sure. Yup, 741,400 followers is what OJ's on at the moment. I mean, just listen to this. Hey, Twitter world, this is yours truly. Now, coming soon to Twitter, you'll get to read all my thoughts and opinions on just about everything. Now, there's a lot of fake OJ accounts out there. So this one, at the real OJ32, is the only official one. So it should be a lot of fun. I got a little getting even to do. So God bless. Take care. What? I got a little getting even to do. Like, the last thing you want to hear from this man. I mean, just bonkers, right? But people are intrigued with chaos. People are intrigued with chaos. Who's he following, by the way? He's following the PGA Tour, the Buffalo Bills, the NFL, Tim Graham. Don't know who Tim Graham is. Uh, he's following USC football, the Heisman Trophy, his son, and his lawyer. <laughs> Jeez, man. Unreal. Unreal. What a time. What a time. When a guy's just kind of, I don't want to say welcome back into society, but he kind of is. I mean, Twitter let him on. Like, he's a murderer. I don't give a fuck what the judge did, what the judge said. He murdered those two people. And they want to talk about hate speech and they want to talk about microaggressions and they want to talk about sensitivities what about the goldman's family what about um what about ron goldman's family <laughs> you know he gets to spout whatever he wants now public forum style what about nicole brown simpson's family their daughter was pretty much decapitated because her husband was jealous. You know? And he's just allowed back on Twitter. No worries. Come on in.
743 quarters of a million people. He'll be over a million today. He'll be well over a million today. But it's just like, okay, come on back in. No problem. And then you got people who are, you know, deemed racist or anti-Semitic or myself, for instance, just getting banned from these platforms for no reason. No reason. Hey, do you want a murderer just fucking like spouting off at the mouth? Calling people out? Like, this guy's got access to just talk shit to people all the time. I mean, I don't know. It's just a weird old world. It is a weird old world. He's going after Chris Jenner now. Or the guy that said him and Chris Jenner had an affair. Saying it's not true. <coughs> okay. All right. You know. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. How are you guys doing? I hope you guys have had a good week. I just thought that was crazy that, you know, Twitter have let this guy on. I mean, I guess they let him on till he, you know, till he violates their T's and C's. But, jeez. You know? I can't even get... I can't even get my data and my content back from Facebook. <laughs> There's no recourse for that. That's fucking gone, by the way. Um, what else has been going on this week? Well, there's plenty going on. This is how crazy the news cycle is, right? Think I think back two, three shows, and I can I can think of some of the stuff we talked about, but think there are a couple concrete kind of foundational issues that we always talk about, right? We cover the national politics. You know, we kind of do the week in review, hit the top stories and things like that. You know, the Trump thing, the Brexit thing, that's always going to be something we can update on. Always. Because there's just so much happening with it. But the news cycle moves so fast on this other stuff. Like, OJ's in the news now for joining Twitter, right? What else has happened? Jessica Biel. Huh. Jessica Biel, Justin Timberlake's missus. The actress. Right? She's actively on the anti-vaccination movement. <coughs> Justin Timberlake's wife is on the anti-vaccination anti movement. He's trying to bring sexy back. She's trying to bring measles back. Couple made in heaven, right? I mean, can you be this fucking stupid? Can people really be this dumb? It's a very, very simple thing, right? They're, the dietary causes of autism have been sort of, I don't know, drilled down into, you know, like four, four specific things. Gut biome being, you know, the major influencer of that. But just take vaccines as an overall. Vaccines as an overall, when administered to the amount of people they are administered to, there will be cases where they, where there are adverse side effects of varying severity, right? But for the greater good of wiping out these diseases that kill and maim and just make invalid millions of people, for the sake of that, we suffer some ills. Because the consequences the other way are way worse. One of the things that I read is that rubella, which affects, <coughs> I think, 20, I'm going to get these numbers butchered. I'm just going to completely butcher these numbers, but it's something to the effect of 
20% of women globally suffer from rubella. And rubella has been proven to have uh, like a major increase in the, in the amount and severity of autism. So when a pregnant mother has rubella, the chances of her child having autism are exponentially increased. So therefore, one of the things that we are trying to vaccinate against being rubella, right? You get your MMR vaccination, your measles, mumps, rubella vaccination. There's way more of them now. But back in the day, that's what I had. That was one of the ones I had. Rubella is the R in that vaccination. So that means that one of the biggest perpetrators of, of autism is something that is non-existent if you give the vaccination. So the consequences of the vaccination, if they are linked to cases of autism, would still be way less than what's currently being produced by mothers with rubella. Does that make sense? Am I, am I, I hope I'm describing that right. I hope I'm making that clear to you guys. Basically, you have a chance of getting rubella if you don't get vaccinated. And if you get rubella and then get pregnant, you have a significantly higher chance of having an autistic kid than you would if you had the vaccination for rubella. Hopefully that simplifies. But it's just crazy. And the fact that you've got major celebrities with no medical experience whatsoever being able to make medical claims that are unproven and have absolutely no weight behind them in terms of merit or evidence. This is, this is disgusting. This is a Jenny McCarthy thing all over again. I'm not vaccinating my kids because I believe this. Oh, do you? That's great. You're allowed your own beliefs. You're allowed your own opinions. You're not allowed your own facts. And I just gave you a couple of facts, albeit muddled. You can Google them. Albeit muddled. I gave you some facts that are related to the science behind things that are actually causing autism. But nobody wants to look into those things, right? These celebrities don't want to look into those things. They would rather just make these outlandish claims to be a part of a community that helps them further whatever thinking that they've got in their narrow-minded space. It just makes me really sick because you're. how can you be saying this in a time where you're seeing kids being removed and banned from attending school and from public places, not being able to go on field trips, having complete school closures because of stupid anti-vaxxers who are not getting their kids protected, then are getting infected. You're seeing an outbreak of these diseases that have been gone for ages and they're spreading amongst the, the, the student population and it's causing widespread Medical issues put a strain on an already strained medical institution, medical uh, industry, hospitals, whatever, doctors, you know, they're already pulled to the last thread. Now you want, you want them spending their time on something that could be simply not an issue if you just looked at the science. <coughs> if you paid attention for half a minute and got out of whatever stupid echo chamber you're in, and stop listening to whatever garbage you're listening to. Think about it logically. This is the thing that people have to start doing, is thinking about things logically. There is not enough common sense in this world, and it is 
it is maddening. It is so insane to me that some of these things can occur. You know, massive scale, you look at the top of the top of the heap, you get a you get a Trump president. You get a Trump presidency. But it stems from these from these things that are way smaller, way smaller. And I'm talking about characteristics and behaviors of <clears throat> people who seem to be okay with mediocre, with okay, with just kind of plodding along, zombie through life. I'm talking about people who don't remove their backpacks when they're on the subway. I'm talking about people who step on your feet when you're on the bus or on the subway. I'm talking about people who walk directly to you move into your path of direction. Just stupid people. People who can't see obvious things in a professional environment when you have to bang your head against the wall to try to convince somebody of what should be blatantly obvious about progressive ideas. Mediocre. Mediocre people are the worst. Because they don't even get out of your way. At least if people who are completely unmotivated, they don't fucking go anywhere. Right? They just stay home. But mediocre people, <coughs> mediocre you work with mediocre people. <coughs> mediocre people run the services that you use every single day. Mediocre people are the ones that answer the fucking phones when you're trying to get your internet switched back on or your phone connected. You know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who can barely be bothered to put in the effort. They just show up. And to me, that is one of the worst types of people. Either get in the fast lane or get in the slow lane. Get the fuck out of my way. One of the other. One or the other. Mediocracy. Imagine striving for mediocrity. Imagine being okay existing in mediocrity. Now, we don't all make it out of mediocrity. I live a very, very normal life. As do most of the people I know and interact with. For sure. The extraordinary is called that for a reason. I'm talking about the effort you put in. I'm talking about the way you carry yourself. I'm talking about the way you treat other people. I'm talking about the way you exist in social circumstances or in public or, you know, how do you how do you make adjustments that are necessary for accommodating those around you? Are you the type of person that flexes when you don't want somebody to come onto the tube or onto the subway? Or are you the type of person that tries to shimmy along a little bit and says, come on in? There's a difference. There's a difference. But people who live in this mediocre space, man. And that's how these movements get started. These anti-vaxxer movements. Can't be bothered. I'm not listening to the science. I can't be bothered to read that. I can't be bothered to listen to what a fucking few thousand scientists have been saying. I can't be bothered to consider for a moment the objective evidence of benefit that these vaccinations have. It's mediocre people that bring us to this place. It's mediocre thinking that stems out to the, to the extremes of the conversation and the thinking about how society should run and how people should interact. I was listening to a podcast by the New York Times. It was a five-parter about the state of Europe after the EU elections and why the rise of the far right is happening. It's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. 
But the main takeaway from the whole thing, as stated by the woman from the New York Times who covered it, is that they're not kicking back against Europe. They're not kicking back against Europe as a fundamental institution. They're kicking back against liberalism. They're sick of people who want them to want to be pandered to. And they're saying, we got enough of that of our own. We don't want you guys coming in. You know, it's a it's a very it's steeped in misguidance. For sure, but you can you can see where their frustration stems from. It's mediocre thinking. And they're like, well, fuck it. We'll just keep we'll keep our country the way it is, full of our people. That's all we want. And we'll run it the way we want to run it. But you slip down this slope as we're seeing ourselves slip. How's that for a tongue twister? And all you have to do is go a couple of countries east from the UK. And you can see how this thing works out. You can see where this thing goes. To the to the point where the media is censored. Free speech is censored. All of the media is nationalized. Far right rules. No diversity. Coming down on LGBTQ rights. This is the end goal. If you want to keep pushing this bullshit liberal agenda. It ends in fascism. It ends in nationalism. It ends in the removal of rights and your removal to express yourself. It's gray. It's cloudy and it's dark. So for those people that make a mountain out of a molehill over any social issue that makes you the slightest bit uncomfortable... Keep going. Keep going. And watch where this takes us. Watch the backlash that happens. Because it's already started. So that's why I said in the previous show, if you're not watching politics, you don't know what's going on. And I'm not just talking about the Tory leadership campaign and that bullshit that we'll talk about shortly. But I'm talking about geopolitics. What's going on outside of your borders? What's going on outside of your neighborhood? What's going on What's going on outside of your comfort zone? If you don't know, if you don't have a macro view of the world in some capacity, listen, I'm not saying that I'm an expert. I'm not saying that I know the ins and outs of every government in the world and how government runs at every level. I'm not saying that. What I do know is that I read enough to know that things are really, really fucked up. And I also understand patterns. And I also understand trends. And I also pay attention to media that normal kind of everyday channels don't cover right you're not you're not getting much when you watch the bbc you're not getting much when you watch sky you're not getting much if that's your window to the world less so if all you do is rely on facebook or twitter because if you only rely on twitter you'll think the world isn't a constant argument which to an extent it is but it's highlighted on Twitter to a point that's not realistic. Facebook, they give either outrage or awe. That's all Facebook is. Facebook is a is a is a screamy emoji or a, or a kind of an awe kind of you know kind of lovely little emoji. That's all these things are. But this mediocre thinking, man, this mediocre thinking that. It's just a cancer. It's a cancer. 
people need to enlighten themselves, man. You need to be paying attention to politics because if you don't, you do not know what is coming and you do not know the consequences of your action. It's the, it's, it's, if you don't know history, you're damned to repeat it, right? Who, who said that? Winston Churchill or something like that? Somebody like that? It's true. You've got to know what's going on around you. You have to take, okay, everybody's busy. I get it. But you can't make informed decisions that directly affect you if you're not aware of what is going on around you. And I'm not just talking about your local area. you got to get a bit more widespread than that. So it's crazy. It's crazy. But if you guys haven't, if you guys don't listen to the daily, uh, which is the New York Times podcast, you definitely should because uh, they put some really amazing content out. Uh, I listened to one yesterday. It was called Confronting uh, Your Abuser or Con- Confronting an Abuser or something like that. It was just about, well, listen to it. Download it. Listen to it. It's, uh, yeah, they've got great content. But anyways, what else is going on? In Canada, Canada must still be buzzing. It must still be buzzing. After winning the NBA championship, the a team that's been around for 24 years, who I supported, second to uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, which have always been my primary team after the Seattle Supersonics uh, lost to the Chicago Bulls in the 1996 finals. But that's way too much detail. That I'm sure you guys don't give a shit about that. Um, point is, I'm from... Like, I grew up in Canada, so being a Toronto Raptors fan is simply something that you you just are. You just are, especially if you live, you know, two hours from the stadium uh, or less, which is, you know, was my proximity to it. Um, 24 years, and they finally, they finally won it. So, great for them. For sure, get Drake off the TV, though, you know, with his chips and dip. You know, he wants his chips with the dip. He's hungry. You know, he's, he's hyped up. He doesn't know what to say. You know, although he has a camera in his face every day, he just, you know, maybe he made that up and it just landed wrong. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, he keeps saying we, like he had something to do with it. <laughs> you have nothing to do with it. Kawhi Leonard had something to do with it. So sit down and shut the fuck up. Glory hogs. There's a Drake uh, curse out there. So it's funny that he starts taking credit when the winds, you know, tr- when the winds come in. I want my chips with the dip. Bring me the dip. But I think it's uh, I think it's great for Toronto. And I think it's great for Canada. And I think it's great for basketball because it needs to be embraced way more than it is. Especially in the UK. I mean, there is a community of basketball here. The BBL. You know, it's not tremendously high level from the things that I've seen. But, you know, it is something. I just think... With the problems in this country, some of the problems in the country could be fixed or at least addressed with sport. And I think basketball is so accessible to everybody because there is almost no entry cost. You need a pair of sneakers and a ball and a hoop somewhere and you're good to go. I mean, I I grew up playing basketball. I played on grass. I played in the rain. I played in the snow. played on gravel. Wherever you can park a hoop, you can play. You can get some shots up, whether it's on the side of a barn or attached to a telephone pole or on on the side of a house, whatever. Propped up in the street or you're in a court or in your leisure center or whatever. It's It's such a low barrier to entry. 
for everybody. So from a socioeconomic position, it's fantastic. And I hope the win in Toronto helps continue to raise, you know, basketball's profile, not only in Canada, but around the world, because, you know, I'm a huge advocate for, like, I'm not a big sports fan now. I've just kind of grown out of sports. The main sport, as you guys know, I watch is UFC. But, you know, I used to be a, a pretty big baseball fan. I used to be a pretty big NFL fan. And I was about the biggest NBA fan that you would ever meet when I was fuck, 12, 13-ish to 19, 20, no, more fucking 22, 23, 24. And then it just started to dwindle right? Life started to happen and so on and so forth. But then, you know, when you get 30 plus, you're like, well, I'm recording these because I, I, rec I record them, but then it's trying to find three hours to watch them. Nobody got time for that. I don't have time, I don't have time for that. And the sports channels over here just don't cover it enough. So it just doesn't become a part of your life. It, it just kind of falls out. Um, but I'm a massive advocate for basketball playing a role in youth development uh it's you know fighting childhood abuse obesity teaching teamwork camaraderie what it's like to lose uh what it's like to win and you know to be healthy to be a healthy active person you know basketball is is just an incredible tool for that because anybody can take part so if the toronto raptors win has anything to do to boost that then I think it's I think it's double great, um, and so you know massive congrats and and a massive uh, shout out to anybody that's in Canada uh, and anybody that I know that listens to this. Uh, I'm sure you guys are still celebrating. Um, so that's great. What else do we want to talk about? I mean, we could talk about Trump. I mean, he did the ABC interview, which a bit of a which was a bit of a hatchet job by them, I have to say. Um, in terms of like leaving the part where whoever the guy was, his chief of staff, Mulvaney or whatever, uh, coughs while Trump's answering a question and he kind of like loses it and says like basically get the fuck out of my office. You know, you can't be coughing on the interview. And they left it in and they didn't have to. They could have edited that, but they're trying to make him look bad and we get that. But I hear people saying, oh, he's being picked on. Oh, he's being picked on. Like... I'm a huge fan of podcasts, as I mentioned. I always recommend podcasts, and I always talk about the ones that I listen to. We just talked about the New York Times. Another podcast I listen to and I love and I've listened to since the beginning is The Fighter and the Kid with Brendan Schaub and Brian Callen. And I love, uh, I love those two guys. I think they're, I think they're hilarious, and and I've supported them from you know their Fighter and the Kid 3D to buying their merchandise, to, uh, well, I attempted to buy tickets to uh, to Shab's show when he came to London, but I just, I couldn't make it happen. Um, but I'm a massive, massive fan of those guys, and their viewpoint on the last episode of their show about this was, was gross to me, because they were kind of sympathizing with Donald Trump for this hatchet job that uh, ABC News did on the interview by leaving this footage in. And I understand and I took on board the points that they were making, specifically Brian. Um, but to do anything but hold this guy at account, and, and I know we don't have to hatchet job him, but we have to continuously shine a light on the shit that he does and the impact that his policies are having on 
the American public, the American worker, uh, the immigrate, the immigrant community, um, women. You know, I've always said we won't attack Trump for his skin and his hair and how fat he is and, you know, how silly he speaks, his lack of vocabulary, you know, his probably early onset dementia that he's experiencing now. You know, we're not going to do that. We're going to go again. We're going to go at him for his policy decisions. And to say that some hatchet job interview is a reason that we should be sympathetic to Trump when he's got all of these policies that are so detrimental to the country and to the people of that country and to the global community, I might add. I can't handle that. I can't I can't just swallow that. So I had to call these guys out on it a little bit just because I just think it was I think I think it wasn't thought through. And with Trump, we are dealing with a, a completely different thing. And there is you know, for, for Brendan Schaub to say he's kind of on the fence about Trump is gross. It's fucking disgusting. And I'm not telling him or anybody else what their politics should be. I'm saying look at the man. Because if you look at the man, this is a man that's separating children from their families. This is a this is a man that is actively taking the abortion rights and funding away from women around the world. Right? This is a man that is destroying the agricultural industry in America because of a machismo trade war he's got going with China that he won't let go. Like, do we have to keep going? Do we have to keep going about the number of companies he's got that are being federally investigated right now for money laundering, fraud, racketeering, like the rest of it? Do we have to go page by page through the Mueller report? For anybody to say they're on the fence about Trump is, is I don't know, it's, it's unpalatable to me. And I love those guys and I love the content they, do, they put out. I think they're great. But on this, I think they got it extremely wrong. And they need to be corrected. And I think I just think they need to be called out on it because you can't make statements like that. You've got a guy who's saying, yeah, I'll work with other people. It's against the law. It's against the law. That's it. There's a law against it. And if he's not following, why, following them, then why should anyone else? And you know what the result of that is, Right? It's more chaos than you've got right now. So when I hear people who have such a voice and such a widespread audience making statements that I consider completely misjudged and ill-informed, I have to say something about it. Because when he says he want, he would take foreign data from opponents, this is something that is a crime. Fundamentally. Not to mention all of the other stuff that he's done. So I'm not on the fence about this. I think it's disgraceful that anybody would support him, but I would never dictate or try to dictate somebody else's politics to them. I would only try to set the facts out. And the facts are, when people throw a positive spin on the economic growth of America, they are not seeing the picture for what it is. And I wish people would stop using that as some sort of an excuse to re-elect a man who is completely wrong. From a core outwards, he, he, he is wrong. Look back on his track record. Watch the documentary about the Central Park Five. Then watch the series. Then read the newspaper article uh, ad that he took out. Then actually go and look at some of the policies that he's tried to pass.
and that already and that he has passed. And then tell me if you're on the fence about him. So guys, at the fighter and the kid, I'm sure you'll never hear this, but if you do, I love you guys. But on that one, I think you got it massively wrong. I think the last thing that I want to talk about today is the news. No, there's actually two things I want to talk about today before we finish up. One has got to do with Facebook and the other has got to do with ITV. ITV have recently announced that they are banning all male writing crews. All male writing teams are no longer allowed at ITV full stop. I just want to leave that there for a second. So you're going to... So you're telling me that ITV now, as a policy, as a company policy, you have to have at least a, what, one woman on the writing team to call it inclusive? Or is it 50-50? What are we trying to force here? Are you seeing a ton of misogynistic content coming out of ITV? I mean, personally, I don't watch anything that's on ITV. But I'm sure it wouldn't make it very far if it was a wholly misogynistic show. Like program set or whatever that was coming out of that channel. And, okay, so men don't have a female perspective on things. Okay, but isn't it truly about <clears throat> the best person for the job? Isn't it about, especially in writing, chemistry, the collaborative process? Maybe those writing teams come together in a multitude of different ways. Maybe we shouldn't be trying to shoehorn equality into our daily lives. Maybe we should just get the best person for the job. I've said it before on this podcast and I will say it again. If you are for equality of opportunity, then you and I are the same type of people, I would guess. Fundamentally on that issue anyways. But fundamentally, if you are for equality of outcome, then we are not on the same page at all. Because the first thing I would ask you is how do you define it? And we can go from there. But I think this is actually discriminatory by ITV in terms of saying, you know, you have to do this or you're banned. So are there existing teams that are going to be banned as a result of being all male? Does that include a transgender team of two having to include a female? How do we define this? This is the problem with, with inclusionary policies, forced inclusion. You're never going to get it right. And as soon as you bend to one, you're going to have to bend to bend to them all. And then what you focus on, or what at least you, you produce, is a team that is somewhat diverse for the sake of being diverse and is not representative of the best people for that job necessarily. So I think it's, I think it's really gross what ITV have done. And I think, um, well, I'm not surprised I haven't heard more about it, but I thought I would tell you guys about it because I thought it was kind of disgusting. And this is the way we're going. And it ties into some of the other things that we've said today. How Europe is becoming more far, kind of a, a, a far right base, right? They're trying to implode Europe from in, they're trying to, they're trying to uh, implode Europe. They're trying to kill it from the inside. By just making all of its representatives of a nationalist mindset. 
right? Because ultimately, if the people running for the EU elections are all nationalists, do you know what you have? No EU. They'll just disband it. It'll be a shell of itself in no time. And this is a response to liberalism. Which is exactly what ITV are doing. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. The more, the more you allow people to make their own decisions, the more they'll gravitate towards what we consider traditional roles. And I'm not talking about the woman in the kitchen and the men in the factory and that type of shit. I'm talking about, you know, the fact people say, why are there not more coders that are women? Well, because women aren't attracted to coding. And yes, there's a, there's a maternity leave issue. And yes, there's an equal pay issue. But not really, if you think about it. There are so many things to consider when talking about uh, wage inequality or gender inequality. There are so many factors to take in. You can't just say this is this because A plus B does not equal C. There's more nuance in the conversation than that. That's, a, that's, that's what I constantly talk about. We have to get back to the nuance of the conversations we're trying to have. The topics we're trying to discuss have to be able to be played out in long form. They cannot be played out one tweet at a time or one Facebook post at a time. It just doesn't work that way. I hope ITV reconsider what they're doing, but they won't because that's the way we're going. The last thing that I wanted to talk about today was uh, the announcement by Facebook that they are launching a cryptocurrency called Libra which happens to be my horoscope sign. Uh, I'm not going to get a ton into this right now because we'll have another opportunity, I'm sure multiple opportunities to discuss this as it starts to you know, create the chaos I pre I'm thinking it's going to create. <clears throat> but if there, if there was ever a time where there's enough now in terms of Facebook not being regulated, I would say we're well past it when they start to think that they're a bank or a transactionary company that controls their own money. This is, uh, I don't know, this doesn't sit well with me. You know, I just, I mean, they already know everything about you through Messenger, through Instagram, through Facebook, through, um, What's the app that they're releasing called Study, where they're going to pay you for your data, and now they're releasing Libra, their money. So they'll have all your, they'll have all your bank details. They'll have all control of your currency. If you were to move more and more of your actual currency into this blockchain uh, cryptocurrency, and then let me ask you a question. So they're they're saying on the report that your user IDs for say your services that Facebook provide, instant uh, messenger, WhatsApp, Facebook. Instagram, they're saying that those user IDs are not going to be connected to your uh, like cryptocurrency ID, which is supposed to be, you know, a unique number to you, right? It's supposed to be an unidentifiable number. That's how blockchain kind of works. So I'm not going to try to explain blockchain to you because one, I'm not an expert on it. I don't think there are many out there uh, and it would probably bore you to death, but it's it's supposed to provide more security, more encryption, and more privacy, right? It's supposed to be the the kind of uh, 
you know, the answer to mainstream everything. It's to keep it on the down low, no fees or very little fees, etc. So Facebook want to create one of these. Okay, cool. So Facebook create it. They're saying your user IDs from your services to the cryptocurrency will not be linked. Okay, cool. So how would that know that I'm going to create a transaction? Uh, well, not how do how would they know? That's the wrong question. Here, let me pose it like this. If I'm signed into Facebook, and there's an option for me for me to use the cryptocurrency while I'm logged into Facebook, are that uh, Facebook account and that cryptocurrency ID not extricably linked? How can they be differentiated against? Maybe I'm too dumb to understand the answer to this. I don't know. These are just questions that I've got. One of the questions is, if I'm to buy things with this cryptocurrency or trade this cryptocurrency on platform or on an app that Facebook has created, which has Libra in it, Calibra, Calibra, uh, Calibra, uh, it's the app that this is going to happen through. Facebook are creating that. Then what they've said is once all of this is up and running, they're going to step away from it. They're not going to be in a management position. And I mean, how dumb do they think people are? Maybe they maybe they are exactly right on how dumb people are. Maybe people are really, really dumb. Because if you give your financial data over to a company like Facebook that has a track record of losing, selling, and giving away people's data willy-nilly, then you deserve to get robbed. Okay? That's it. That's it. If you give your financial data to Facebook, you deserve to get robbed. Because I think... They can say what they want about the security of Bitcoin, uh, of blockchain and cryptocurrency, but ultimately, they're they are what they're doing now is they are going uh, they are extending invitations to hackfests to get top hackers to come in, check their cryptocurrency or check their um, uh, their blockchain to see if it's got any vulnerabilities because it's going to be open source. Oh, is it? Okay, cool. So anybody can get to it. Yeah, you still want to give your money to Facebook? Okay, cool. I hope you get robbed. No, I don't hope you get robbed. Don't be surprised when you do get robbed is all I will say. But I just think now is the time, if ever, that we need to have a very, very serious conversation about how we regulate this company, the companies that it acquires, how it acquires these companies, what it stands for, what it is, how it's classified, the rules and regulations that apply to it, you know, what commissions should it be regulated by? Is this an FTC uh, issue or, you know, how are we going to determine them? Or are we going to break them up to ensure that we can regulate them correctly? Either way, I think the time has passed now where we can debate whether or not there needs to be a conversation around uh, Facebook regulation and social media regulation. I think we just, I think the time is gone. But again, beware, just beware. I mean, not in a million years would I trust. I mean, they've already got my credit card information anyways because I bought ads on Facebook. So, you know, they've kind of already got what they need anyhow. But to explicitly be just handing over your data for $20 a month or to be transacting uh, through a Facebook-owned banking system, like these are supposed to be rooted in regulation, there's a lot more testing to be done before I'm convinced that any of these companies should be handling my money. I don't even like the banks handling my money, if I'm being completely honest with you, but that's just my two cents on 
the announcement that Facebook's getting into the money game uh, even more so than they are. Oh, and they also said, uh, we're not going to use your financial transaction data to influence the ads you get seen, uh, you get shown. <laughs> You're not? Like, I don't know. I could say this all day, but how dumb do you, how dumb can you be? If you believe the stuff that Facebook's saying, it's so obvious to me. Like, of course they want to sell you more. They're going to use, they're going to be able to profile you down to like pretty much your daily movements because they can track your location if you're using the app on your phone as well. So what don't they know about you? All I'm glad is that I'm glad I'm off of that platform specifically. Um, I just want my photos and my videos back, but never mind. Um, Okay, I think that's it. I think we're done. What do you think? Done about, we've done, no, we've done just under an hour. Yeah, we're cool. All right, listen. Um, I just want to say thanks, guys. Uh, I appreciate the support. I really do. Um, we're going to keep knocking these out every week, and I'm hopefully going to have a guest for show 100. I'm really going to try to align the time and the schedule so that that works out. Uh, maybe there'll be a hiccup. I don't, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. But I appreciate your continued support. Thank you for the people that have been joining the uh, podcast over the last few weeks. We've really noticed uh, an uptick in the uh, in the amount of people listening to the show, which is great. Um, I'm going to be working hard to get more guests here. Um, I'm going to be taking on this advice that I've been given uh, to make some improvements to the show and to keep what is right about the show growing evolving and getting better every single time so um i hope you guys enjoyed the show i hope you'll stay with me i hope you download subscribe this remember we're on soundcloud we're on spotify and we are on uh, itunes as well and always get at us let us know what you think of the show what we can improve uh anything you want to talk about any subjects you might want discussed on the show hit us at quiet part loud on twitter and, and we'll be sure to uh get back to you that way um, but that's it. So episode 95 is a wrap and we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back next week to keep on keeping on. So um, have a great weekend, guys. This should be Thursday morning by the time you receive it. And uh, yeah, that's it. So until next time, guys, all the best.